This is Dispatches from the Frontline, readings from the diary of Sister Nan Ray, who served for four grueling years on the frontline of the battlefields of World War I, read by Geraldine Cook Daphne. Nineteen eighteen, March twenty fifth. Sudden orders at seven a.m. to get ready for train at once. Scrambled breakfast and hurried packing of equipment. Train left, but without sisters. Ambulance trains expected for patients. Five ambulance cars of wounded and sisters left German occupied Noyant at eight thirty a.m. Thrilling drive to Amiens. Roads under shell fire. All wearing tin hats with gas masks ready. Roads crowded with troops and guns retreating. Some reinforcements advancing. Everything seems disorganized. Every now and then, complete blocks, and we try to find out something from the men who crowd around. Rumors very disquieting. Met Mr. Nickel by a pillbox, a dug-in guard post, by the roadside which we investigated during a block. It's refugees evacuating villages and joining the treks on all sides. Courage, madame, I called to a poor old body trundling a wheelbarrow filled with her belongings. Weeping bitterly, she sobbed. Mais c'est la troisième fois, ma soeur. But it's the third time, my sister. Poor dear. After being taken by the British, the Germans, the French, and then the Germans again. Arrived at Amiens just after midday. Luncheon at 44 Stationary Hospital. Went to station to see about trains and was accosted there by an angry French lady who bitterly accused the British of letting the Germans through. No trains available till evening. We had a rest in the beautiful cathedral now sandbagged. Had tea and eggs at a cafe where the waiters and proprietor were most curt. Got back to station at 5pm. Indescribable confusion everywhere. Huge booking hall and all entrances packed with a struggling mass of refugees trying to get away. The town was bombed last night badly, and it will be bombed again tonight. And one realises that the station will be the target. Tragic scenes. Weeping women and children. We sat on a platform till 8.30pm and watched and tried to help sometimes. Trains arriving full of wounded. Too many already dead but put on one side with blankets pulled over their heads. At last we four struggled into a third class carriage of a very crowded train with some airmen and artillerymen all packed in like sardines, and all so exhausted and sleepy that we leaned on one another and dozed at intervals. March 26th, arrived at Abbeville 4.30am and went to Sisters' Hostel, which was already overcrowded with refugee sisters. Had delicious tea, then rolled up in brown blankets on the office floor for two hours. Lockie, Sister Lachlan of Royal Melbourne Hospital, in charge here. Very good to us. Breakfast and a wash. <laughs> I felt stiff with dirt. Our hair and even eyelashes full of dust from that road journey yesterday. 
for we travelled in suffocating dust all the time. Just getting ready for a much-needed rest in bed, when orders came that we must proceed at once to Number 4 General Hospital at Camier, the base depot for the Machine Gun Corps. Hurried redressing, tea and back to station again. Met Miss Foster there, also medical officers of Army Ordnance Corps, all very weary like ourselves. Waited and waited and waited. Made café au lait. Later, Lockie appeared with tea and some wine and a YMCA man with chocolate. Very cold. At last a train came, 11.45pm. First class carriage, much more comfortable, but almost too tired to appreciate it. March 27th. Arrived at Etaples at about 1.30am. Trouble about transport. Railway transport officer says nothing available. All ambulance is out. I declared any old thing would do as we felt too tired to spend any more time on stations. He rang number 46 stationary hospital and they lent us a huge war department wagon. We left in it at 2.30am and bumped along to Camières. Not expected there, of course, but kindly received by night sister and were allowed to lie down on top of the night nurse's beds for a few hours. Slept heavily. 8.15, roused for breakfast, which we could not eat, then interviewed by matron. Some beds were put up for us in an empty hut, hot water bags in them. Baths were prepared, then we slept and slept and slept. High tea was brought for us, and more hot water bags, and then again... Sleep, sleep, sleep. It is an awful sensation to feel ill and drunk for lack of sleep, and that is how it felt. March 28th, breakfast in bed at nine o'clock, hot bath and felt normal again. Interviewed RTO about orders and reported ready for duty. Thanks be, told, need not go on duty until tomorrow. Early luncheon. Caught bus for Etaples. Met several people who had heard I had been killed. Another heard I had been badly wounded. Splendid reception from officer in command and matron at number 26. They thought I had departed this life. Met Reeve, shopped, then went to number 46 and had tea with Christabel. It was good to see her again and talk with her and be fussed over. She walked with me to the square and I returned to Camier. Dinner. Bed 9.30. Feel very much better. Masterton is recovering too, but poor old Gillespie seems to have gone to pieces. All our kit and baggage lost. Christabel has lent me a change of clothes and some shoes. March 29th, interviewed matron and officer in command, reclaims for lost luggage. Sent to theatre and worked all day preparing stock. CME and Reeve came this afternoon, but there was not much time to speak to them. On duty till dinner, then bath and writing in bed. March 30th, very busy in the theatre. We had 91 ops. Had hectic time with stock and gloves too. Continuous rain all day and night. March 31st, still very busy in theatre, though not so rushed as yesterday. 
CME came along and I had an hour off in my room, which is looking quite smart with odds and ends she has brought to furnish it. Even a piece of matting at the side of the camp bed. She has clothed me too. Went to second dinner. April 1st. Not so many operations today. Great time repairing gloves. Off duty 5pm and so walked towards Etaple. Met CME near Pinewoods and sat talking there for a while. Busy days again. April 7th. Having a tremendous lot of cases in theatre. We are really doing casualty clearing station work here at the base because all the casualty clearing stations belonging to this part of the army are disorganised. The wounded are very exhausted and have only had field ambulance attention so far. April 9th. Doing tremendous lot of blood transfusions. Having most interesting and dramatic results. Practically moribund cases come to life whilst we watch. The donor's blood reviving them as it fills their veins. Mostly using paraffin tube method. I am getting quite expert at preparing the latter, as I have them all to do at present. April 20th. Still at number 46 Stationary Hospital, Camier. Next door is a machine gun school, so we get a fair amount of night bombing. These disturbed nights get on one's nerves. They have not had bad bombing here before, so there are no dugouts nor sandbags. April 21st. A Chinese Labour Corps is digging trenches alongside the huts for our use during raids. May 9th. Lot of night bombing. We feel so sleepy that most of us would rather take a chance and stay in bed. But army orders say we must take cover when the signal gun fires. So we are obliged to turn out of bed nearly every night. A wonderful parade in gumboots, tin hats and waterproofs. They are uncovered muddy trenches and smell of Chinamen. We are really not covered, but are more or less safe from explosion fragments, being below the ground level. If one of us received a wound in bed after the warning, the report would read, Negligently self-inflicted. So. May 19th. Quiet day. Very bad air raids at night. Planes over for several hours and great damage done at Etarp hospitals. Orderlies killed, they say, and sisters and patients wounded. Dorothea Crutzen hurt by fragment of bomb. They say over 1,000 casualties. May 20th. Etaple is a big infantry base depot. There are troops everywhere and the hospitals are all among the camps. I feel we are to blame. Camps and railways are fair targets for enemy bombing planes and if we will put hospitals among them, I don't see how bombs can miss them. May 21st. CME has gone on leave. More trenches dug for our cover during raids. Wards being sandbagged. Red crosses being painted on all available hut roofs.
Thank you for listening to Dispatches from the Frontline. This project was directed by Naomi Edwards, read by Geraldine Cook-Defna. Original music and sound design by Zoltan Fecho, with producing support from Tristan Meacham and voice editing by Alex Defna. The creative team gratefully acknowledges the support of the Victorian government through the Community Support Fund and Public Record Office Victoria and Creative Victoria with Regional Arts Victoria through the Sustaining Creative Workers Initiative supported by all the Queen's men. We would like to thank the Selman family and in particular Meg Selman for allowing us to use Nan Ray's diary. <laughs>